Trent Meacham, our guest here on the WCI 3-in-1 podcast. Former pro player, now broadcast extraordinaire. Trent, start with this. Better basketball player or better broadcaster? How do you feel about that? Oh, my ceiling's higher as a broadcaster. You know, as a six foot two average athlete, um, that doesn't inhibit me in any way in the broadcasting booth where it, it did in some ways on the basketball court. But I, I enjoy staying connected to the game and hopefully I'll continue to grow as an analyst. What did you make of your first year at the Big Ten Network? I know you were with us a couple of years ago now. Then you make the big jump up to doing it in Chicago, being on the network. Was it what you thought? Was it different? Was it a little bit of everything? First off, I could not have done it without you, Brett. I think having that experience with, with you and WCIA and your team, and it was, I, had a, I really enjoyed it. And it gave me the reps. And hopefully I improved over that year. And I had a lot more confidence in stepping into, uh, you know, at the Big Ten network level. Uh, I, I really didn't know what to expect. You know, that was, it's, it's new for me. I didn't study journalism. Um, I wasn't a guy, a player that loved the camera maybe, but I've enjoyed staying connected to the game and uh, broadcasting gives me a way to, you know, to analyze, to teach, to instruct, to communicate and all those things I enjoy doing. And, and so it's been a fun journey. Uh, the, the people at, at BTN were great. All those hosts there are fantastic. They're true pros, you know, they're, they're pros, pros. And so I had a lot of fun. I, I was mostly in the studio uh, I prefer to do more games, and I did maybe seven or eight games last year. I probably was in the studio 40 times or so. Uh, so we'll see what this next year uh, unfolds, but I'm looking forward to it. So you're going back next year. How do you think you'll be better doing it again? Well, I think anything, when you just get those, those reps, those experience, every time you go out there and you can't replicate the, that, the cameras, the lights, when that's on, and getting those experiences. So I think I'll be better just because I'll be a bit more relaxed. Uh, I've been through it before. I know what to expect. All those things help. Uh, but also, I think the biggest thing is just knowing how to prepare. You know, knowing how to, how I can best follow the season, keep tabs on players, what's trending, what's not. Uh, not just uh, talking about stats, but actually uh, giving some some deeper insight into what's happening, why is something happening, not just what happened, if that makes sense. And over the course of last season, I think I improved on that. Anybody can just regurgitate stats, but can I tell why this team is out rebounding the other team, or why Illinois is struggling on guarding pick and rolls, or why you know someone is hot at that particular point in the season? So uh, hopefully, just the the preparation, knowing better how to prepare, being a little bit more efficient in my work and then just relaxing a bit as a communicator. How much was it enjoyable though? Because you have this huge thing in your life that you've done forever in playing basketball. You did it at a very high level professionally overseas for a decade. And now you just get into the real quote unquote working world. Has this fueled your passion to be around sports a little bit and also preparing in a sense, it's like watching film, right? Preparing for a game. What has that dynamic been like for you and coming into that? And how much has that, quote unquote, fueled you to stay around sports in the game? Great questions. Uh, nothing competes with actually competing. There's nothing like being on the floor, stepping in between those lines, uh, having, you know, that rush, that adrenaline, uh, being in a locker room and, and going through a season with a group of guys and that brotherhood, the friendships you make. 
nothing is quite like that. But uh, getting into the sports media world has given me a taste of two things that um, I really I missed from playing. And that's one, the preparation aspect we've talked about, uh, because when you're doing something live, uh, when you're out there, when the lights are on, you got to have energy, you got to be ready to go, you got to be prepared. So there's a preparation aspect and there's some similarities to playing. You don't just step out there to play. There's a lot that goes into preparing for each game, getting your body right, getting your mind right. So there's some of that before um, the camera rolls. And then also that performance aspect where, you know, things come up that weren't expected and you got to be on your game and you got to be ready and you got to be able to adapt and people are watching and uh, this matters to people, even if we're talking about sports and not world events, you know, this matters. And, and it's, it's fun. There's uh, some, um, some anxiousness for sure that comes with that, but I, I miss that from playing. So uh, broadcasting gives me a taste of that. And uh, it's something that's uh, just fun to continue doing. And you were able to do it with your quote unquote day job, right? How have you mixed both of that? Because I assume you've had to have had great support from your day job to be able to travel to Chicago. And, and I think that's the other thing people don't realize. There's some long hours working in the media. How have you adapted and adjusted to all of that, Trent? Well, two people I got to be very grateful for. Well, one, my, my, the company I work for, uh, Cozet Asset Management, uh, financial company, and the autonomy I have, the ability to, to be away some. Now, I can still do work. I still have my phone with me. I can... I can still do some things when I'm on the road, but, uh, and hopefully it's, it's some good marketing for our company too, if I'm out there. So I think there's some, some benefits to that, but I, I'm very appreciative of just the, the, the freedom and the autonomy I, I've been able to have with COZAD. So thanks to them. And also thanks to my wife, because being on the road, being away from family, that's probably what I don't enjoy the most and where there's, there's hopefully there's some type of balance that works well with family and uh, the broadcasting career, but uh, really big props to my wife because she holds it down every day, but even more when I'm, when I'm on the road. And like you said, the work-life balance in that, I can attest to that. Can we bring the family? Can you do some different things? Can you mix it? And I think all that's really important. And, and I always say, if you can mix work and play, you're doing something right there because it is, man. It can be a grind sitting in the studio or doing things or being at games or traveling or whatever else. And it's not to say it's whining or anything else, I wouldn't trade, you know, being in the media for uh, any other job because I'm not digging ditches, you know, and it's not like it's all that, uh, you know, strenuous of work in a sense, but uh, mentally, that's where it can really get to you is like, okay, well, and, and for you traveling back to Chicago, I travel a lot too, but it's just like, all right, well, another trip, another thing, you know, whatever else, it, it can definitely wear on you after a while. There's no doubt. And I was also, I was thankful when the season was over, I had a ton of yeah. fun and it, it was, it was, it was a rush. It was exciting. I enjoyed it, enjoyed the people I was working with, but I was also thankful that, Oh, there's an off season in basketball. This doesn't go uh, year round, at least what I was doing. So what I am doing. So that was, that it's been nice to, uh, to have a break from those travels. And I, I also know I'll be excited once the, the new season begins uh, now we're going to have a fourth baby being due in, in October. So that month before the season begins. So um, there will be definitely be some uh, um, some conversations with my wife and I and, and, and figuring out what makes sense for our family, because anything that I do, it's got to be a win for our family. And you mentioned mix and work and, and travel uh, as a family. We tried to do that last year. They came up with me to Chicago 
a number of times, stayed in the hotel, and and we had some fun doing that. So uh, we'll see what this season unfolds, but but I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And you're doing a great job. Uh, please know that, you know, not just an Illinois fan, because I know you, Trent, you, you really are doing a great job. And I hope you're, you're biased with it. <laughs> I mean, I am biased a little bit. All right. But uh, you, you're one of the best analysts that they've got there. Uh, you really are. And I hope you continue to get more opportunities, especially doing games, because, hey, that's where the real fun is. And that's fine sitting in the studio, but like it's the best to be in the arena. And and uh, I, that's why I like to travel, too. That's why I like to go to games, because there's nothing replacing that feeling of being in arena with 15, 16 plus thousand people cheering. And to know that you're witnessing that is, is really cool. The studio just doesn't quite give you the same feeling. It's, they're, they're all great. And you got to yeah. be ready to go no matter what you're doing. But uh, calling a game, you're you're kind of in the moment and you have to react and you got to be on, on your toes a bit more. Uh, and it, it's different. It's not quite as uh, scripted in a sense. And not that, that, that I'm scripted, everything is scripted out in the studio, but uh, you're just going with it. And you, we might have a minute opening and we might talk and rehearse a little bit about, okay, what's this opening going to be? What, what are we going to talk about? But from there, you're just going with what, what happens in the game as that unfolds. And there's different storylines. Uh, there's a lot of prep. There's more prep that goes into it, but um, you never know what's going to happen, who's going to emerge, uh, what crazy plays uh, will happen. And that's just really fun to be there courtside, uh, experiencing the energy of a crowd that's, you know, college basketball brings. And that's, it's, it's really fun to be in that. No doubt about it. All right. Take off your analyst hat here for B10 Network. You can be the Illinois alum here for just a couple of minutes. How are you processing or have processed the ending and the finality of what Illinois did for a second straight year, which was not make the second weekend and for how good of a team this was Trent and the last two years to not make that. How have you processed that in terms of what they've been able to do? Because that's still win two big 10 titles in the tournament two years ago. And in the regular season title this year, you can't take away from that because it is historic yet. I think it's also fair to want more as an Illinois alum. How do you process that? First of all, first of all, how I process things, man, I got, I got a fourth kid on the way, Brett. So <laughs> I don't get too worked up. You know, I don't lose too much sleep because it's like, I got a lot of life coming at me. Yeah. That's kind of my biggest priority. So um, win or lose, I'm an Illinois fan for sure. And I want that program to excel and, and to be at the top, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to support them as a former player, uh, but I'm not the fan. I'm not the guy that's going to go crazy uh, one way or the other. Uh, but when I do look back on the last two seasons um, and really three seasons and just the unfortunate not being able to play in the NCAA tournament the year before, because I thought they were primed to potentially go on a run. Uh, but when you have two All-Americans in Ayo and, and, and Kofi and you don't capitalize in, in the NCAA tournament, there's no doubt there's there's some disappointment in there. There's some frustration. And you can bet there's no one more frustrated than those players and the, and, and the staffs. Right. Uh, but you always got to look at things from the bigger picture, the bigger perspective. And I'd say what Brad Underwood has, has done in his time at Illinois has been fantastic. I mean, he's had to put together two different staffs and they've both been phenomenal. Uh, done a, a great job with that. Uh, how he's navigated this transfer portal in this early portion has been really good. So you have a couple of big 10 titles, you have some disappointments in the NCAA tournament, 
but overall, I, I'm really excited about the future of Illinois basketball. Look, college basketball, college athletics looks different now than it ever has. And if you expect things to look the same in two years from now, I think you're going to be mistaken. I think this, this thing is continuing to evolve. Josh Whitman at the top is, is, is I think, the, one of the best leaders for, our, for this school. And on the basketball side, Brad Underwood, uh, yes, some, disappointing, some disappointments in the NCAA tournament, but he's done just a really good job. And I think this team that's going to be suiting up here this fall uh, is going to be as exciting one as we've had in a long time. And you're going to need a roster to figure out which players are who because there's only four back. Is that exciting? Should that be nerve-wracking for fans or just accepting of what this new reality of college basketball is that it's not going to be even the way it was when you played 10 years ago or a dozen years ago where you know you have this? How do you, as an analyst and as an alum, figure out both of those to say, okay, well, this it, is just is what it is, right? It is what it is. And I, like I said, I think it's going to look different two years from now than it does today. It looks way different today than two years prior. Uh, with all that's happened, I think this Illinois team, I think Illinois fans should be really excited about this next season. Uh, not having Kofi Coburn back is uh, a big, big boy. You know, he dictated so much of what this team did on both ends of the floor. And 90, 95% of the time, that was overwhelmingly positive for this ball club. Sure, there's some, some things that maybe they weren't as good at because he was taking up so much space in the middle or they were possibly more limited defensively because how they used him. Uh, but he was so dominant. I mean, maybe the most dominant player Illinois has ever had. So you, you, you take him away, and those are some big, big shoes to, vo uh, to fill. Um, a different way of approaching things, I think, is a better way of looking at it. Uh, but this team, I tell you what they have that – we haven't had in a long time. And, and, and that is some versatile, athletic, big wings. Okay. If you would have taken Kofi off the last year's team, we had a very small and, and pretty, and, and not a very athletic team. Now you have RJ Melendez a year older. You have Ty Rogers, you have uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. You have Matthew Meyer. I mean, this team is flooded with these guys that can play multiple positions that, um, can, can guard multiple positions. Uh, you have some experience there as well. So I'm excited about that. That's kind of the new age of basketball, positionless basketball. We finally have some guys that really fit that mold. Now you also have, I didn't mention Coleman Hawkins either. I think he's poised for a breakout season. Dane Danger gives you a very, very different look than Kofi gave um, from the center position. And you pair that with some freshman guards. And uh, you have a lot of it. I have a lot of excitement. I have some questions. You never quite know how will these different pieces mesh together? How will the chemistry be? How will the in inexperienced backcourt uh, be? I would expect them to, to grow as the season goes on. Uh, but this team is going to be, I, I think, a lot of fun to watch. And it has a high, high ceiling. I think there's more potential NBA players on this roster than we've had in a long, long time. Doesn't mean they all fulfill that potential, but when when I talk about all these things, the versatility, uh, the athleticism, the uh, the talent, uh, it's all there. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. How concerning is two freshman point guards when it's such a guard oriented game and getting into offensive defensive sets and, and what they want to do? 
Is, is that concerning, especially early on? And, and what will that mix look like? You never quite know what you're going to get with freshmen. And I think the, the ceiling's always sky high uh, really? for, for any freshman, it's, whether you're Sky Clark or whomever. The, the, the ceiling is always limitless. Okay. And I always take, I'm always a little hesitant with, let's see how it plays out. You know, you look at last year in the Big Ten, uh, a Max Christie. Uh, really was underwhelming for the most part at Michigan State, had a high expectation. Same with Caleb Houston. These are two guys that many thought would be lottery picks, okay? Now, they were drafted, but weren't nearly where they thought they'd be. You have someone like Malachi Branham, who really came on at Ohio State. Now, that point guard position is probably the most difficult position to play. It's the most demanding position on both sides of the floor. Uh, I think what will be really key is you have some experienced guys. Can Matthew Meyer, can Terrence Shannon Jr., can even Coleman Hawkins relieve some of those duties of being the primary ball handler, of making plays, of taking care of the balls, of making decisions. Uh, that'll be really important for those young guys to be able to lean on those more experienced players. Uh, but I know people are high on Jay Epps. I know people are, are high on Sky Clark. Uh, he's coming off an injury, but I think he's, he's really rounded into form. And uh, two guys that are very, very skilled uh, and I think have an awareness um, to them that will, will bode well at the college level. But I'd expect them to take some bumps. Uh, but I would also expect them to improve as the season goes on. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to think they'll come in and, and be dominant right away. But they have all the skills to do so. And I think it's more of a matter of their maturity and how they um, relate with the other players on the team. And in I, terms of sharing duties and, and being able to have some of these experienced guys take some of the load off their shoulders. And Brad said this already this summer, they're going to be a different team in February, you would hope, than they are in November, certainly, with all the experience and gelling. With that being said, how important is this summer and what they're doing right now before they wrap up here in a couple of weeks to get that time to gel? Meyer has only been on campus a couple of weeks now. Ty Rogers late after playing in the uh, Team USA, U18 games, and all of that. But what is what do you remember about the summertime, Tritt, and, and what that did for your team to set up the fall and then leading into the winter? Well, I was there at their practice yesterday. And uh, I, for the young guys, for one, it's just getting ready and used to the level of intensity. Because that's no matter what level you played at, AAU, high school, it's another level of intensity and the demands and how you have to defend and how you have to communicate. All those things for young players is, can be tough to pick up. So having this, uh, the ability to practice with your teammates and coach to be demanding and getting on you, getting that this summer is really important for those guys. Uh, but then, as you mentioned, just gelling, when you have so many new players, uh, that, that can take some time. So every hour they have on the court together, is, is really important as they learn each other's strengths and weaknesses and how to play with amongst each other as the coaches is for them too, to um, experiment with kind of different lineups. Uh, because I think we could see a lot of different looks from this team this year, which, which I'm excited. I mean, they could go really uh, small from the standpoint of not having a traditional center at all and playing a five out brand of basketball. So it's one thing for the players to get accustomed to each other, but also for the coaches to see okay, what are they working with? Who can play well without the ball? Who plays well together? What different lineups can we use to exploit whatever advantages we have? 
All right, you were at practice yesterday. Give me a name, somebody that caught your eye that you went, ooh, maybe didn't expect that, or that looks really good. Oh, you put me on the spot. Of course uh, I did, Rick. Come on now. <laughs> yesterday, I, I would say what I was pleasantly surprised with was Terrence Shannon's, uh, his communication. Um, college guys don't communicate very well. And, and just a little I've seen, he's been the, he's, he's been the, the biggest talker I've, I've heard. And I say talker, not trash talking, not rah-rah stuff, but actually like communicating with the purpose. Um, I've just been, been there a couple times, but I think that's really important. Who's got a voice on the team? Who's the leader on the team? Who brings guys together when, when there's some adversity? And I don't really know if he's that guy. I haven't seen him enough. But in just a little bit of practice that I've witnessed, it seems like he's taken that upon his shoulders to, to be a communicator, to be a, to be a voice. So aside from the basketball abilities, um, I've, I've liked what I've seen and heard uh, from, from Terrence Shannon Jr. in that regard. And then, you know, I, I like the, I would say the, the poise that I've seen in Sky Clark. Um, you know, I know he's coming off this injury, but just in, in limited you know, kind of live action that I've seen, uh, very limited, Brett. Um, he seems to have uh, not just a talent, but I think a, a cere cerebral um, awareness of where to be on the court, how to get there, how to open up space for his teammates. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right, last question here. I think a lot of fans have become conditioned in a sense atrophied just in the 2010 decade Trent well maybe we'll be a bubble team maybe we'll make the tournament maybe we'll have to make a run at the end of the year in the Big Ten tournament to get in we've seen some of the best basketball in the Big Ten the best winning percentage in the Big Ten the last two years what should Illini fans have as an expectation going forward even despite a new roster even you know, with the new coaching staff next year, even with the NCAA tournament struggles. What should be the reset for Illini fans going forward now and an expectation, even with a lot of new things, to expect out of their basketball program? Well, with the changing nature of, of college athletics and the transfer portal, um, don't expect consistency. Okay. Don't expect that. And I think we'll see even some really good programs have some years where it's like, wow, that was, that did not work out. The guys they got in the transfer portal, whatever, who they lost. Um, this program has been consistent year in, year out, and it just didn't happen this year. So that'll happen to some good teams, some good coaches, I, I would believe. Um, and it's so hard now to look ahead to the future, but what I can say is, uh, you know, Brad's had to build two staffs now. I mean, two brand new staffs. He's, he did a great job with his first staff. He's done a really good job with his second staff. That's the most important thing. You have great leadership. You have great coaches. Um, and then he's been able to, look, I, I've said this before, he's been able to recruit nationally and internationally. And I'd say you look at previous coaches, they focus so much on the state of Illinois. Not everyone agrees with me on this. But when you open up those the, the borders a bit more, and sure, you if you can get a great player from Illinois, you take them. But you you recruit much broader. Brad's done this as well as any coach that we've had that I know of. And so when I look at those things, my expectations are are high for this program, and I think that's where fans should be. From what Brad has proven in his first uh, few years as a coach, from 
where they were to where you know we are now, um, it's looking it's looking much more promising. I think this team this season is should play a really exciting brand of basketball, and we have more pro level talent than we've had in a long time. Now you may have to reload and reconfigure things year in year out, but um, my expectations are high because of the leadership, because what he uh, Brad and his staff has proven so far, and from the pieces that we have coming into this next season. Trent, well said. Congrats on the fourth kid. Your world's going to be even busier this winter than you've ever imagined. And as I always say, just embrace the crazy every single day. It's That's it is what it is. I got three and you just, you go with it, you know, every day. That's a good point. Embrace the crazy with family. And I think, hey, college, college athletics, we've got to embrace this craziness too. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, thanks for a couple of minutes, Trent. And uh, enjoy maybe just a little bit of uh, downtime here before we get going again. Season's going to be here before we know it. And uh, can't wait for it. Appreciate it, Brett. Thanks a lot. Thank you.